This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. We knew this would happen, but we didn't know it would be so quick. Just a few days after the UAW reached a record deal with the Detroit automakers, Toyota is boosting the wages of its non-union production workers in the U.S. Top-wage hourly workers will see a pay boost of a little over 9% to nearly $35 an hour, while skilled trade workers get a $3.70 increase to just over $43 an hour. Toyota also cut the time it takes to reach a top wage from eight years to four years, and it boosted paid time off. This move was clearly in response to the UAW's new pending contracts. Automotive News reports that Toyota typically gives raises twice a year, and it had already given its second one a 25-cent increase in September. So this third wage hike is unusual, and it's a much bigger increase than the last raise. The UAW has failed spectacularly at trying to organize the plants of foreign automakers and Tesla, but with record contracts likely to be signed and new more aggressive leadership, the UAW may have its best chance ever. That's why we're seeing this move from Toyota and other non-union automakers will do the same. BMW is really bullish on its new battery cells that it just started making samples of at the end of last month. The automaker's head of production no longer thinks it has to catch up to EV leader Tesla, saying, quote, Tesla needs to close the gap with us. In fact, we don't see a gap to Tesla. That might be a premature statement since BMW won't launch its new batteries until 2025, which gives Tesla time to improve. But BMW claims its new 46 series cells are 20% more energy dense than its current batteries and will help its next generation of EVs, called the new class, get about 30% more driving range. But until those models start hitting the market, BMW keeps expanding its current BEV lineup, like the new iX2 that just started rolling off the assembly line. It comes standard with all-wheel drive, over 310 horsepower, and a nearly 65-kilowatt-hour battery pack that provides up to 449 kilometers, or 279 miles of range. And actually, it's not just the all-electric version BMW is building at the plant. It's also making the ICE and plug-in hybrid X2, which required a third shift to be added to the plant. Volvo is forming a new business unit within the company called Volvo Cars Energy Solutions. It will handle all charging-related services and technologies. That includes helping have solar panels installed, designing, building, and selling energy storage systems that can feed your house or car, developing bi-directional chargers, and then making it all work together. The new Energy Solutions Division is starting its first bi-directional charging test now, but around 2025, the total battery capacity of Volvo's EV fleet will be around 50 gigawatt hours and it wants to be able to tap into that like a mini power grid. (laughs) 
EV battery startup Arnext Energy, or ONE, announced that it kicked off pilot production of LFP, or lithium iron phosphate battery cells, at its plant in Michigan. The pilot line will be used to validate the batteries, train workers, and provide test samples to customers. Next year, a larger LFP line is scheduled to go into production, and by 2027, the plant will have a capacity of 20 gigawatt hours a year, which is enough to build the equivalent of 200,000 EVs. Tesla's sales in China dipped slightly in October. According to the China Passenger Car Association, sales of the EV maker's China-made vehicles fell 2.6% to just over 72,000 units compared to September, but they were up slightly, just 0.6%, compared to a year ago. Tesla only started delivering the updated version of the Model 3 at the end of October in China, so it wouldn't be surprising to see its sales improve this month. Meanwhile, its main rival BYD had a great month, delivering more than 301,000 BEVs and PHEVs, up 5% from September and 38% compared to a year ago. Toyota revealed the next variant of its Crown models. As we reported recently, Toyota will have four versions of the Crown, The one it sells now, it calls the crossover type. It's also taking orders for the Crown Sport in Japan, but I believe it will sell this model in North America as well. It just revealed the Crown Sedan, and a version called the Crown Estate will come sometime before the end of March of next year. The Crown Sedan sits lower to the ground and features a fastback rear end. A horizontal lighting theme is picked up on the front and rear, and to me, the vertical bars in the grille give it a more premium look. Power will come from either a hybrid or fuel cell setup. The hybrid is a two-motor system paired with a two-and-a-half-liter engine. The fuel cell is the same three-tank setup as the Mirai and provides about 820 kilometers or nearly 510 miles of driving range. Toyota is taking orders for the Crown Sedan in Japan right now, but no word on availability for other markets. The luxury side of the auto industry is going strong. Ferrari posted impressive third-quarter earnings. The automaker sold 3,459 vehicles, up 9% compared to last year. That brought in 1.5 billion euros of revenue, a gain of 24%. It posted an adjusted EBIT of 423 million euros, up 42%, and an adjusted net profit of 332 million euros, up 46% from a year ago. Thanks to those strong numbers, Ferrari raised its forecast for its full-year earnings, and the company should continue to see success for the foreseeable future. CEO Benedetto Vigna says its orders are at their highest levels ever, and that it's booked solid through 2025. No, this isn't an April Fool's joke. Honda is launching a compact electric scooter that folds up into what it calls briefcase size, but I'd say that's a pretty darn big briefcase. Anyway, it's called the Moto Compacto and was inspired by the Honda Moto Compo scooter from the early 1980s. The new model has a top speed of 15 miles an hour, a range of 12 miles, and it comes standard with a charger that can be stowed on board. 
The Moto Compacto is available to order online right now through participating Honda and Acura dealerships, and it has a starting price just under a thousand bucks. If dealers get their way, a much more affordable EV will be coming to the U.S. EV startup VinFast showed its mini SUV called the VF3 to dealerships in the U.S., and it said that the response was positive. So it's now considering adding the model to its lineup in the U.S. with a starting price around $20,000. VinFast says, quote, further details will be announced in due course. Hey, now that the UAW strikes are coming to an end, is it the right time to buy a car? That's going to be the topic on today's AutoLine After Hours, which goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. With Tajin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves.